Action Fanatics, welcome to another edition of the Bulletproof Podcast. I'm your host, Chris the Brain. Joining me, as always, my co-host, Chad Cruz. And Chad, our march to WrestleMania continues. Absolutely, and it, what a wonderful march it's been so far. Um, we got to watch Roddy Piper uh, beat the shit out of a bunch of frog people. Um, and now we get to see a whole different style of movie, one that uh, they made about 6,000 of them in the 90s. And I'm very excited to talk about this movie, and I know that uh, our new friend is as well. Well, yeah, in the guest uh, spot this time, he is definitely a fan favorite. He is back, the toy man, Chris Petrillo. Welcome back, Chris. I have returned. And uh, Chad, that was a, a little slip there, a new friend. You know, we've been, we've been friends for a while. I'll have to remember that the next time it's time for yeah. a uh, Dollar Tree care package. Well, new, new is, uh, <laughs> you know, new in the sense that I haven't known you for the last, what, brain, 15 years? I, I, I lost track at some point, Chad. We pretty much came from the same womb. He and I, no, that's not accurate, but that's all right. Uh, and, and you did mention Chad that we did cover, uh, Roddy, Roddy Piper last time in hell comes to Frogtown, And I, uh, you know, there was a few things that, uh, there, well, there's one thing that I had mentioned on the show saying that, you know, there was never a, a movie like hell comes to Frogtown before it and never one like it after, but that's not a hundred percent accurate because there actually was a sequel. Yes. Uh, called Frogtown two where with, uh, the one and only cherub faced Robert Zadar taking over the Sam hell role. Have you ever seen that one, Chad? No, for a good reason. And, but you know, if there's anyone on the bulletproof action staff who has seen it, it's our man, Christy Petrillo. Chris, how about you? Oh yes. That was a Cinemax staple back in the mid nineties. I knew and- it. Uh, you know, as as much as I wanted to, as much as that might be right up my alley, uh, the whole maniac cop comes to Frogtown. Yeah, I just I wasn't feeling it. It was for me. Nothing beats the original because nothing beats Rowdy Rowdy. Yeah. And I was like, I, I did a little research. Lou Ferrigno was in there. Brian James, Charles Napier. So wow. it, had, it had some stars in it. But yeah, I have never seen it. But I figured you had. Just you are because. not missing much. And if I recall, there's a third sequel, which is a very, very low grade, like direct to video. I don't think it ever wound up on cable type of sequel. All right. Well, you know, if uh, maybe maybe you could track that down for a, a future No Surrender Cinema. But uh, another thing, Chad, that you had brought up was the mm-hmm. name Arabella. I did. I brought that up. And oh were, yeah, frog frog person. She was the she was the uh, the mole on the inside yes. of Frogtown, the dancer. Uh, her name was Arabella, and you we were wondering, you know, why they yes. came to that name. Well, I do have a theory here. Okay. And it's somewhat interesting, especially given uh, one of your extracurricular activities. Yes. Uh, a children's author. Okay. Named Arabella Buckley, had she had done uh, several like science books for children where she would talk about nature and one of her big sellers published back in 1901 was by pond and river and it explained the the animals and plant life that are found there so that is one theory where they came up with the arabella name interesting yeah i would have never thought of that uh, i don't think any person who has who enjoys uh hell comes to Frogtown would have ever considered that as a potential answer so so there we are, a little follow-up on our last uh, episode. And if you maybe know another reason or another theory, feel free to uh, send that to us at Bulletproof Pod on Twitter, at Bulletproof Action on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, but now let's get into uh, the the star, our, our wrestler, our superstar that we'll be talking about this time out, the Ultimate Warrior. And Chris, he is about as opposite as of Roddy Piper as you can get because Roddy Piper made an entire second career in, in Hollywood and in action movies where ultimate warrior, he was one and done. He was one and done. And he was also as far from the ultimate warrior that we grew up on as you can get, because in his role in firepower, he was the big bad, the villain, uh, a very ruthless killer with, uh, you know, I think the only thing they had in common was they had the same moveset. 
Yes, yes, they do. Yeah, and, they had the and, same snarl. Oh yeah. yeah, most definitely. I mean, yeah, and that was what you know made the Ultimate Warrior such a big star was just that presence that he had. Of course, without the face paint and all that, it definitely detracted. But you know, and, and that was one of the things I was thinking about. On one hand, if you just look at it from like an eight by 10 of the ultimate warrior. It's like, you got to wonder how did he not get more movie roles? And I'm not thinking he's going to be like, you know, leading man material, but he had a look uh, and a presence to him. But then when you think about the ultimate warrior and all the backstage news, you hear about him and the dealings and the ins and outs with WWF WWE, it kind of makes sense that maybe PM entertainment was even like, yeah, okay, we're done with this guy. Because you would think if anyone was going to get take a shot at making him a leading man, Chris, it would have been PM Entertainment. Oh, absolutely. So there's got to you be, know, I wonder if, you know, if the day ever comes where we can get in touch with Mr. Chad McQueen uh, or Gary Daniels and ask them if they have any Ultimate Warrior stories, that can make for a very interesting time. I wonder <laughs> if there's anything that they, you know, and obviously you don't want to speak ill of the dead because, you know, Ultimate Warrior is no longer with us. But, you know, we all know that back in the 90s, especially when he was at the peak of his popularity, he he was a headache. So was he a headache for PM? It might be interesting to know. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's definitely, you know, where, where my brain was going on it. Yeah. But there are certain get... headaches that you can deal with. Right. If they have enough talent. So I think given what the movie that we're, we're about to talk about here, I'm not certain that he had enough talent to deal with the headache. Right. I mean, that, yeah, that's a, that's a good point too, Chad, because, you know, Vince McMahon put up with him because, you know, he was drawn. He was he was selling merchandise. He, he would put up with him for for to a point where he was fresh into the movie world. So if he brought that same kind of attitude he had in wrestling to the movie world, it would make uh, sense, 100 percent sense why he was one and done. But let's get into it. Firepower. This one, we talked briefly about it on our PM Entertainment Countdown episode, and that was uh, number six on the countdown, for those of you keeping track. And if you want to hear all about that, you can, of course, go into the archives. But Firepower was released on January the 19th, 1994. Uh, again, PM Entertainment film directed by Richard Pepin. So whenever you get uh, you know, one, of the, one of the head honchos as the director, it doesn't get much more PM than that, Chris. Nope. Uh, he is the, the old reliable, the standby, who has brought us many of our PM Entertainment favorites. And the movie starts off, we got to get in the news segment. And I couldn't help, Chad, but think, you know, this was kind of maybe inspired by RoboCop, where they had all these news breaks. Right. In, in yeah. There. Yeah, I feel like this is a very, uh, probably not a 90s way of, of doing it, but more of an 80s way of, um, you know, media is kind of getting bigger in the 80s. And people, more and more people are getting their news from media sources, from the television instead of newspapers. So it was like a, a new thing in the, in the late 80s to pop the news on. And you're hearing about all this stuff that's happening, not just in your city, but across the country. And it was kind of a big thing. Maybe not so much in 94, but, you know, this is PM Entertainment we're talking about. So the, the big story in the news is that AIDS, there's a resurgence of AIDS cases um, and partially because of, there's a bogus vaccine that's being manufactured by criminals in LA's zone of personal freedom. And uh, these are basically zones that are created in some major cities where there's no police involvement. So you could kind of get away with some of the less, uh, you know, the prostitution and drugs and, and the vices, basically. Um, Doesn't this hit a little close to home here in 2021 vaccines <laughs> and cities being taken over and, you know, freedom areas and <laughs> no heavy policing, no heavy enforcement of the law. Just it all rings too familiar of a bell. It, it does. It does. And, yeah. And, and so it's officially called the zone of personal freedom. But uh, in L.A., they like to call it the hell zone and uh, which is ruled uh, by the hell riders. What a what a great name, right? So uh, everyone calls it Hell Zone because of all the crazy shit going on, all the crime, the prostitution, like you said, the drugs, sin. The, nothing but sin, sin, underground fighting. But but to them, it's LA's zone of personal freedom. Yeah, that, that's a very political way of saying it. So th yes. I think they, they had it right there. It's um, also a very LA way of glamming it up for the tourist industry. Oh, you, another great point. You know, we're on fire so far today, so let's hope we, we keep this up. 
And so uh, was the Hell Zone. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. <laughs> so we then meet LAPD's unofficial rock and roll division. Oh, yeah. They're on a meal break. It's Darren Braniff, played by Chad McQueen, and Nick Sledge, played by Gary Daniels. Uh, what do you think of those character names, Chris? Gary Daniels definitely uh, drew the lucky number as far <laughs> as getting the best name in the movie, because that is a very 90s action name. And uh, Darren Braniff, you know, it's not quite Jerry Pelt territory, but <laughs> it does not exactly uh, ring intimidation. And we're going to see that again when they take their their uh, death ring names, too. But we'll get to we'll get to that in a bit. Uh, so, yeah, they're they're on their meal break. There's a call. There's an armed robbery uh, at a pharmacy nearby. Uh, and there's a, a lady cop, Chad Cruz, who's really yeah. flirting it up with old Nick Sledge. Oh yeah. I mean, with a name like Nick Sledge, you, you have to bring the hammer. And, uh, unfortunately for the lady cop, whose name I don't re- recall, um, she was, she was, you know, fishing for one. And Nick Sledge says, uh, I quote, I don't dip my pen in company ink. That's right. You don't shit where you eat is another way of saying it. Uh, <laughs> so good for him. So yeah. And, and yeah, she gets to call Gary Daniels an ass wife though in a playful manner, you know, uh, as yeah. but yeah, if you ever wanted to hear somebody call Gary Daniels an ass wipe, then by God, firepower is the movie for you. So, uh, the car chase happens here, uh, after they get to the pharmacy, they, they chase after the, 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 uh, thieves. And of course the chase is headed straight to the hell zone. And of course, because it's a PM entertainment movie, Chris, these cars do not stay on, on the street. They go airborne. That's right. PM never met a car that they didn't like to send to the sky. And uh, kind of the ringleader of this uh, this robbery was a guy named Mendez. Um, and Mendez is taken in. Um, and now we should point out that Darren and Nick have their helmets on for most of this. But once they get into the station and they're booking Mendez, he sees them. And that, that comes into play a little bit later on. But Mendez, Chad Cruz, is not the only one uh, who gets uh, arrested that evening. No, he's not. We we, we get to meet uh, another member of this crew coming from Hell Zone, these criminals, it, in the Swordsman, played by our good friend, the Ultimate Warrior, Jim Helwig. Maybe yeah. he's the king of the Hell Riders to some, but yeah. uh, he certainly gets apprehended pretty easily. I'm not going to lie. I was a bit uh, taken back by that. Yeah, I, I think when I, you know, I watched this uh, when I reviewed it for the first time in, in quite some time. And I had forgotten at that point how much he was in the movie. But yeah, definitely that that he's like, that's his debut is like him get, getting arrested. Um, one thing, though, that is interesting is is he's guilty of basically everything, Chris. Like when they bring up his rap sheet. I think it just you keep scrolling. Yeah, it was like assault, robbery, rape. I mean, if there was a crime or a sin anywhere in the world, this guy has committed it, had other people do it for him, was inspired to do it again. He is just the anti-Ultimate Warrior here. He was not the type of person who inspired little kids to paint their faces. No, he's the type of person who's just beating the crap out of the cops, uh, including using one of the most scientific moves in his his arsenal, the headbutt. Mm-hmm. Uh, um but then they give him the old Mountie treatment uh, with the yeah. shock stick and that, that finally subdues them. Um, but they get them locked up, Chad, but not for very long. No, there, there's no locking up uh, the swordsman. The, the fact that his name's a swordsman, I, I'm going to have trouble with this for the rest of the podcast, but, but yeah, he gets locked up. He beats the shit out of some cops. We, we have to mention that uh, the booking area where they book people in these police stations in the eighties, nineties, is like the most dangerous place in the world because people are always breaking free and beating the crap out of cops. <laughs> I mean, these two cops that are booking him, they get the crap beat out of him, but they still like apprehend, they still get him. And then they're like, all right, take him away. And these guys just walk back with them. They're all beaten up and bloody. Then no one even tried to help him. But uh, <laughs> yeah, they finally do get him in, in the, in the, uh, in the cage, in the pen there. And, uh, there's just no, there's no chance these cops are going to keep him in there. Um, there's, you know, there's going to be a massacre coming. Right. And so, yeah, some of the hell riders show up to bust him out. Uh, they shoot a cop's hand off because the hand, you use the handprint to open the cells. There's no keys. Cause this is the future by God. Isn't it 2007? I believe? I believe so. Yeah. So it's not the future now, but it was then. 
Yeah. Uh, so yeah, they do the the hand blowing off thing, which kind of was another nod to to RoboCop. Um. So they get him out, and uh, they have this armored vehicle at the ready, kind of an armored bus. And uh, here we go, Chris. I mean, we're probably what fifteen minutes in, if that, and we get our second car chase. That's right, and complete with uh, you know high tech motorcycles. Uh, armored buses, helicopters. I mean, PM Entertainment is going all out here in the opening minutes of the movie. Yeah, and and the minute you see that helicopter, Chad, <laughs> you kind of know. The countdown begins. Where this thing's heading, and, and a shout out to our good friends at Exploding Helicopter. I'm sure they love this one. Uh, because the Hellriders, in addition to having this armored bus to help get the, the swordsman away, they have this giant-ass laser gun and giant ass laser guns and helicopters do not mix well uh, because the, the, the helicopter is shot out of the sky, blown up, smithereens. Uh, and obviously this allows them to get back to the hell zone. But, you know, Darren and Nick, they, uh, you know, normally, again, the hell zone is there because the police aren't supposed to get involved. But they're like, screw it. We're going in. We're going to find the swordsman. And it, they find themselves a rather interesting club. And again, I want to point out they're wearing their helmets this whole time. So they're kind of uh, incognito, but quite obviously they're cops and everybody knows it. Yeah. I'm not certain how these two uh, came to the conclusion that they should do this. Uh, they don't appear to be very smart. Um, <laughs> they go into the hell zone. They, they're at least wearing their helmets for a while, uh, which is helpful, I guess. And no one recognizes you when you come back to that very same club, like three days later, but uh, yeah, they go into this club. There's, you know, dancers dancing around, uh, around on poles and stuff. Um, there's no cops there, of course, cause it's the hell zone. And they just kind of start asking questions. Um, and, and they meet a, uh, a lovely um, dark haired, seductive hostess named Lisa. Lisa. Yes. Uh, and she was, she was quite lovely, but th that's yeah, a kind of par for the course for, a, for a PM movie, uh, Chris. Yeah. PM definitely knew how to pick its lady actresses. That's for sure. They had to add the eye candy into the action for the audience they were catering to. We also meet the club owner who is uh, not a very attractive human being. Uh, Mr. Drexel <laughs> played by Joseph Ruskin. And he's also not a very attractive human being in cyber tracker, another PM entertainment film, that one starring, Don the Dragon Wilson and Richard Norton. Um, so he's the club owner. Um, Lisa is one of his hostesses who kind of goes around and takes everybody's bets because, of course, we have underground fighting and gambling because why not? Because that's what everybody did. Um, but uh, everybody did in the 90s. Underground fighting movies were all the rage back then, Chad Cruz. Oh, my gosh. They, they, I wish it were the case now. Because uh, I, I love a good underground fighting movie. Um, we we were talking offline about Best of the Best too. It's one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. But uh, but this one also has a, a great underground fighting kind of setup. They've got the the uh, the death ring with two competitors enter. Uh, they beat the crap out of each other for a while, and then for whatever reason, both of them get a weapon, which to me is kind of it's kind of odd. You know, I I feel like who's whoever's winning should get a weapon, or maybe whoever's losing, like you have to pick or choose, or maybe it's just like a, a random draw, but the fact that both of them get a weapon, uh, so, you know, a, a guy can get the crap kicked out of him and then get like a sword. Right. Uh, and the other guy can just get like a, tra a trash can lid. Right. And that changes the odds as, as the gambling goes on. Yeah. Um, I just want to, it seems strange to me, but, uh, but yeah, they have, uh, we get to meet Viper who played by Art Camacho. Um, and, uh, he actually, you know, you could tell he has some skills in the ring. So you can you can also see that Darren and Nick kind of instantly kind of I don't know if they focus on him like they're going to target this guy as far as like we're going to try and get information on this guy. But they definitely recognize that that he's a good fighter. Yeah. And Chris, this is one of Camacho's bigger roles, like media roles. He's usually just kind of the background guy or or a sidekick or something. This is like probably the biggest Art Camacho role I can recall seeing. Yeah, usually he's just in like a one and done fight scene or like you said, a background character. But this time they kind of pull him up to the forefront. And uh, I just want to note for anyone listening that the death ring in Firepower is not to be confused with the movie Death Ring, with, which also starred Chad McQueen. Yes, it did. 
and, and I've re I've reviewed that one as well uh, for the for the uh, site. So check it out, bulletproofaction.com. Uh, so yeah, we we meet Viper. We find out about the computer and how that randomly selects weapons. Uh, and and in Viper's match, he gets the nunchaku, and he is freaking awesome with the nunchaku, Chad. He's good. He's definitely good. And I mean, you can't fake being good with 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 that type of weapon. Right. You know, you could you could do clever editing and make anyone look decent with a sword, uh, which we'll see later. But um, yeah, you can't fake that. So he had to actually have some skills, which is cool to see. So after witnessing all this, uh, Darren and Nick, who, as you said, may not be the brightest bulbs, go and uh, go to their boss and they volunteer to go undercover at this club and become death ring fighters. And the, the captain in this movie, Chris is just completely useless. He does not. I mean, he's like the biggest pushover in the history of pushovers. Yeah. Usually most cops are laying down the law. I mean, even the captain in black belt too was a little bit more, uh, you know, laying down the law than this guy was. Yeah. He just, no, you're not going to do it. Yeah. We, yeah, we are. Okay. Go, go for it. Uh, that, that, and that just happens over and over again. Then, Chad, we get to meet Darren's wife. Uh, and she is not at all pleased that uh, her husband is going undercover into the hell zone. The most realistic part of this film was meeting <laughs> Darren's wife. <laughs> he had a nagging, angry, bitter wife. That was the most most realistic part of this movie. But yeah, we get to meet her. She's not happy about anything that he's doing. He works too much. He's not around. He's got his son there. It's dangerous. Yada, yada, yada. That's all true. I agree with her. All true. And he tries to say, oh, if I do this, you know, go undercover, maybe I'll get a promotion. Um, but yeah, e either way, she's not happy. She ain't buying that. She no. ain't buying that line of bullshit at all. <laughs> at all. So from there, we get to see the swordsman in official death ring action. Um, and he takes on a familiar face and Gerald Okamura, who of course, uh, probably most famous for uh, big trouble in little China, but he's been in a bazillion movies yeah. uh, as, as well. Um, and in the lethal fights, which is when you, when you get up to you, when you get into that championship division, the fights become lethal. So the cage is electrified. Um, both guys in this contest get swords and you know, that's kind of, quite the advantage for a guy named the swordsman i would think chad it seems unfair doesn't it it, it does um, but maybe maybe he's super lucky and he got the name because he just kept getting swords like you know <laughs> luck of the draw like maybe his name should be lucky maybe uh it's not as you know threatening sounding as uh, the swordsman but yeah they they have a little sword duel which is surprisingly not terrible uh I'll give it to Okamura for like kind of carrying this match for him. Right. Uh, like most, like he was like the Rick rude. Yeah. Uh, Rick rude or the macho man. Yeah. Or macho. Just, An excellent observation. Just carrying the shit out of this match for the swordsman. But uh, yeah, I mean, it is neat to see that there's different levels of fighting. Not every fight is going to end in someone dying, which, which is good to see because you're going to run out of fighters pretty quickly. Yes. Yes, you will. Um, uh, and we get to see a familiar face. He kind of plays the the handler for all the fighters. Michael Gregory, who I recognize from RoboCop, once again, bringing that movie up. And another PM Entertainment film uh, with uh, Robert Patrick, Zero Tolerance. Um, so again, as I said uh, a couple minutes ago, you win five fights, you get into the championship division. So they do have levels here. Um, and Chris, here we are. They get to pick their their ring names. And once again... Old Chad McQueen, he, he did Lord. not do well for himself. Yeah, Chad the Alley Cat, or Darren, you know, should we yes. say, Darren the Alley Cat does not, uh, like, I don't get the flow, I don't get the meaning, I don't get the understanding, uh, you know, it's just, and then, you know, Nick is quite simply the hammer, you know, channeling his inner Greg Valentine, which for a movie <laughs> that stars the Ultimate Warrior, uh, you know, it's a nice little nod to pro wrestling and uh, all the super fans, like the three of us. But Darren the Alley Cat is, yeah, it's almost like the kind of name that you make up when you're like five years old and you want to be a superhero, but you can only kind of go by like the base knowledge that you've gotten from your kids' books and cartoon shows. Right. You were scratched by an alley cat. And now you have alley cat powers. <laughs> Eating oh, trash. Like Batman Returns. Yeah. 
Uh, but yeah, and I mean, obviously the hammer also with his real last name being Sledge, you know, then it's Sledge Hammer. So maybe it was an O to Triple H years before that was a thing. Oh, if he, if he were to say that to Triple H, he would, they'd probably get him for WrestleMania. He'd be in the Hall of Fame, rocket to the moon. Yeah. So we get to see Viper in action again against a guy named Dr. Death, not Steve, Steve Williams. Williams or David Schultz. Uh, I can assure you of that. Uh, after that, we get to see the hammer and the alley cat make their death ring debuts. And I like th- this. One of the things that stuck out here, uh, you know, the, the rookies have to wear these blue shirts, but old Gary Daniels is like, no, I'm not doing it. But, uh, Ch- Chad McQueen had no problem and I had no problem <laughs> with him wearing a shirt. So I guess that worked out. Yeah. It, it, Gary Daniels. Okay. You've got something going on there. You've got a good bod. You know, you don't cover that up, especially when you're called the hammer. You don't come out there in a baggy tank top. So Alley Cat, though, you can pull it off. You can throw. He should have put a long sleeve on, actually, a turtleneck or something. <laughs> yeah, like, he, he was not. Cutting it, torn up, dirty. Yeah, you know, Gary Daniels, obviously, you could say got got his spot uh, due to his, his, obviously, his martial arts ability and his look. And Chad McQueen was right on his dad's coattails. One, yeah. One could say. Is, is this podcast our segue to opening up bulletprooffashion.com? <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> and I know who would be our uh, <laughs> executive vice president of that division, Mr. DiPetrillo. Oh, that, well, thank you. I accept the nomination. Uh, so from there, <laughs> where, 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 you got me all. Okay. So yeah, Chad, uh, after his fight, you know, he's like hitting on Lisa, trying Darren, to get Darren, some information. Let's call him Darren. Oh, that's right. Darren. I want to talk about because I'm not in the movie. You know what I mean? Let's right. You are not. I'm already confused. (laughs) Darren tries to get Lisa to talk uh, and he kind of mistakes her for a waitress, which offends her. So that's that doesn't go well. And meanwhile, Gary's like, I'm going to go bang some whores. Uh, So he just goes off and does his thing because he's a single man. Yeah. He's the sledge, you know, the hammer. One girl getting pumped for information and the other ones are just getting pumped. Dang. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so, so then after uh, Darren strikes out with Lisa, he goes home. He's playing uh, video games with his son. Looked like a Super Nintendo controller, if I recall correctly. Uh, wife, of course, is pissed off because she's always pissed off. I was just curious about what the hell were they sitting on? There's some sort of quasi-futuristic couch. I don't know what the hell it was. It didn't look comfortable, though, to me, Chris. Knowing PM, it was probably put together from like three different couches that they found. <laughs> In the alley. With the cat. The alley, the alley cat couch. So, so yeah. Uh, the, you know, he's just getting more grief at home. But he goes back to it. Um, and then Darren and Lisa kind of have a moment uh, outside. And, uh, you know, maybe maybe he's starting to, to break that ice, Chad. Yeah, I think, you know, you can question his motives here. Um, he didn't select Lisa because she was the ugly, vulnerable person there. She certainly appears to be strong, strong-willed, of course. Um, I think he selected her because she was she was hot. Right. And he was uh, unhappy at home. And he was like, here we go. Let's do this. I'll go undercover right here. So, yeah, they, they have a little discussion there. But I, I think what we're seeing here is between these scenes with him and his wife, it's like they're really trying to, make me hate his wife yeah and i'm really one darren and lisa to to have these moments like they're having now where she starts kind of loosening up a bit she starts to kind of break break down those walls a little bit and let him in uh, which is good for him as an undercover cop because he's he's going to get more information and if he's playing the long game if he survives all these you know death fights uh eventually she's going to break down and kind of give him the info that he needs yeah, so Alley Cat and Hammer are both climbing the Death Ring ranks. Um, Viper is very close to the top himself, but uh, he's going to get a little boost, uh, an unexpected boost, and it comes at a very inconvenient time because he's about to spill the beans on something he heard Drexel and I believe the Swordsman talking about, which I'm sure was just a fascinating conversation. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, all of a sudden, you know, right before he's about to spill the beans, in comes the handler and says, hey, man, we've got an opening in the championship match. Uh, this is your big break, your first lethal championship match. And uh, unfortunately, though, Chad Cruz, the fix is in. Oh, man, it's happened too many times. 
in too many underground fighting competitions. Um, someone kind of gets a little too big for the britches. And in this case, you know, Viper was, was, uh, he, like you said, he was going to spill the beans on the whole operation. And, uh, yeah, you gotta, you have to know if you're in a situation like this, that there's always someone listening you. There's always someone watching and he just wasn't smart enough to understand that. So Mr. Camacho, uh, I'm sorry. Um, the death ring. It lived up to its name. It lived up to its name. And you're, you're not going to make it out this time. Yeah. So basically, you know, the weapons portion of that fight, his weapon wouldn't release. Uh, so he's over there foolishly with his back to his opponent, which you never do. You never do that. Uh, but his opponent got the hatchet, just throws that across the death ring right into the back. And the Viper was defamed. It's going to make for a good story later, though. That guy's like, did you see me kill that guy with a hatchet yes. from across the ring? That was awesome. <laughs> you had to be there. He could yeah. be doing one of those uh, axe throwing places. He probably is a big fan. Maybe he yeah. opened up one of those. Who knows? Could be. So, yeah, Chris, Captain now wants to pull uh, Nick and Darren out, and we get the same result as we got before. No, we're not going to. Okay, go back. <laughs> I wonder if that's because Darren had to deal with his uh, ice-cold wife. Did they want to have an ice-cold captain? They had to kind of flip a coin and determine, all right, do we want to have the take-no-shit captain or the take-no-shit wife? All right, you know, we'll get some female empowerment here. We'll let the wife have that role. Or the captain has a very similar wife at home, and she has just destroyed his confidence. Just broken his will. (laughs) He's a broken man. He comes into work to get away. He's like, oh, thank Jesus, I can come in. Or there's people being beaten in the doorway <laughs> he's like this is so much easier to deal with yeah it all makes sense down at the yeah. old precinct yeah. as opposed to at home uh <laughs> mendez who for whatever reason they didn't bust out when they got the swordsman uh, i don't really know why uh, they had every opportunity to but mendez was stuck in in jail but he's finally busted out and that comes in that's going to be a key piece of this story here so everybody note that uh, yes. but meanwhile Lisa kind of figures out that Darren is a cop um, and she kind of is like, okay, she wants out and she tells him about the whole factory. And, and again, I don't even really understand the whole, like, why do they want people to get AIDS? I'm not sure. Um, but whatever, they're, they're the ones producing that bogus AIDS vaccine at Drexel's factory. And she kind of tells them roughly where it's located. Well, being that this is a 90s action film, they probably want people to die so they can buy up their property and then sell it to the highest bidders. You know, probably some type of money-making machinations going on in the background that, there. That's a good point. There's a lot of, lot of big money in big pharma, too. You know, you, you start selling vaccines. You put quote-unquote vaccines to people. Um, people are willing to, to pay a lot of money to be, you know, to think that they're safe. So right. black market vaccines, could, could you could... Uh, you pad your it. wallet pretty good. You go to the vaccine, you think you're you're you can't catch anything, and you go to the hell zone and and take in the uh, prostitutes. I guess yeah, that does that does make sense. You get but sledges, I'll... sloppy seconds. Oh, yeah, he had a lot of them, from what I understand. Seems that way. Take the vaccine and assume that you have an impervious penis. Impervious penis. If you had <laughs> impervious penis on your bulletproof podcast bingo card, <laughs> mark it down right now. Thank that you. should have hashtag impervious penis when this goes up on. That yes. should have been one of the weapons that came down in the death ring. <laughs> I think that's in the porn parody of firepower. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Uh, yeah. So Mendez, he wants some revenge and uh, he poses as a delivery man and goes to the home of Darren. Fortunately, Darren's son is, I guess with grandma or somebody because the kid's not there, but, uh, the Mendez then kills kills Darren's wife, and you brought it up earlier, Chad. Yeah. They have made this woman so unlikable <laughs> that when this happens, you're almost happy. I know. You're and almost it's... like, oh, good, now Darren and Lisa could get together. I right. really like those two together. And it's it's not a good feeling. No. Uh, on our end, because we're watching, you know, she's, she's not wrong. No, you know? she's, she's not. She's like, why are you, this is dangerous. You're working so hard. Why are you always at work? You're never at home spending time with your family where you should be. Yeah, honey, I know you're right. 
uh, but you're seeming kind of like a bitch <laughs> and you're going to be killed in like 20 minutes. So yeah, the, the film really didn't, uh, didn't give her a lot to work with there. Uh, I feel bad for the actress, but, uh, luckily as a, as a viewer, uh, I'm happy that she's gone now. <laughs> so we don't have to deal with her, her anymore. And I feel like PM really kind of made me dislike her more than I should have. Yeah. They certainly did. They they uh they booked her to be a strong heel when they didn't have to. Um, so Mendez after that he goes back to Drexel, um, and he he notices these two new fighters that they're talking about, Alley Cat and the Hammer, and he's like, no, I'm fine. those two are those are the two cops that busted me. So now our guys are in some deep water. Um, and Chris, we get conveniently then all of a sudden the Hammer gets a match the swordsman yeah and you know with all the way the uh the films of the time went kind of you know very uh paint by numbers by the book however you want to describe them did not expect to see the hammer take the fall in the most definitive way possible by being beheaded by the swordsman yeah and i know chad when you started watching this you had sent me a text about gary daniels and his long hair and i told you that long hair comes into play later in the film. And this is where it's perfect because you could just hold that head out by that yes. long hair. And, and what a visual that is. Yeah. I mean, it was a cool visual. Uh, it was a cool fight scene. Uh, the swordsman's awful. He's so bad. Um, and Gary Daniels just makes him look foolish in that, you know, in any fight scene, I think any man, with uh with any skill whatsoever would make him look foolish in there and th this is probably the reason why this is the ultimate warriors only film is because he looks terrible uh and his little tiny little knee pads oh my god I, just, <laughs> I wanted to reach through the screen and strangle him but uh yeah the <laughs> it, it was weird to see because gary daniels is beating the shit out of everybody in this movie and he's like so cocky and he's just like he's the cool one he's the one that i'm rooting for i can't stand chad mcqueen in this movie but uh they really ripped that out. You know, they just, they took it from me. I wanted Gary Daniels to win. I wanted him to finish the movie and then still get Lisa in the end. And it just, it was torn away from me. Oh, so you wanted Sledge to come in and, and, oh, yeah. and, and just she, snipe Lisa away at she, the last minute. She wants a man with confidence. She doesn't want a dude who can't even take his shirt off. <laughs> okay. All right. I didn't know the Lisa whisperer, Chad Cruz. Okay. So uh, the the uh, fight handler kind of is like, okay, you better get out of here, Alley Cat. So he helps Darren escape. Meanwhile, Drexel gets extra pissed because now he's finding surveillance footage of that little meeting that Darren and Lisa had, that tender moment outside. Uh, so now Lisa's in the in the crosshairs as well. This at this point, Darren goes home. Uh, he's just lost his best friend to a beheading, and then finds out. His wife is dead, too. So now he's... I mean, this is not a good day if you're Darren Braniff, a.k.a. the Alley Cat, Chris. <laughs> no, the Alley Cat is definitely not having a good day. And, you know, it's pretty sad because, like you said, you know, his wife was probably the most unlikable character in the movie. But, you know, I'm sure he loved her. And now he just lost his best friend and he seems a little bit uh, despondent, uh, is probably putting it lightly. But now he's got revenge on his mind because they've gone too far. And once again, uh, our police captain shows up to be ineffective and says he can't go. And Darren just like, you know, if you don't let me go, I'm just going to quit and go anyway. So I guess this time, at least, it makes sense that the captain's like, yeah, I don't want to lose a cop. So go for it. <laughs> so Darren hops on that rocket launching motorcycle that we saw earlier. Uh, that apparently is must be standard police issue at this stage and la 2007 um and he returns to the hell zone uh does not find drexel at the club but does find mendez so we get a little uh, closure there he gets the revenge uh, to avenge his wife's death there and then chad you could tell that uh old darren is a cop because if drexel isn't at his club there's only oh, one yeah. other place he could be there's only two places that that drexel goes the club and secret factory Secret vaccine factory. Right. Um, He's and smart. Of, and of course, Drexel has now you know, captured Lisa. Um, and we get a, a little rooftop 
showdown to kind of end things up, wrap this movie up as Darren is given the, we got a stipulation match basically, Chris. Yeah. If he could beat the swordsman, Lisa is the prize and some uh, interesting uh, highlights of this, this uh, rooftop battle, Chris, if you'd like to share those with us. And now doesn't it seem a little rushed that you're out to avenge your best friend and your dead wife. And now you're fighting for the honor of another woman. Yeah. Just hours later. Yeah. That's, that's a lot of weight to put on uh, Mr. McQueen's shoulders or the alley cat's shoulders. <laughs> and uh, how poetic that the final battle with the alley cat is on a rooftop. Right. It's on a rooftop. He's not the rooftop <laughs> cat. Uh, Wait, was that a cat? Uh, was that a meow? Uh, uh, there should have been a bunch of cats. Like, like if Ultimate Warrior had picked him up in a gorilla press. Yeah. And then he's like, whoa, whoa. And there's like cats all around his ankles. And he can't get his balance. Well, also poetic is the way the swordsman meets his demise. Yes. Right. Because he utilizes his weapon of choice. And wouldn't you know it, we don't have an electric cage, but we do have electricity coming into play as he jabs the fuse box and uh, takes some blue electricity all through his veins. Which is not the only thing that he ever took and put through his veins, but uh, <laughs> that's a, another story for another time. Indeed. Uh, but yeah, so, you know, that's, and kids, that's why you don't stick a fork in, in an outlet. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's a, a good safety message there, uh, from PM entertainment. Um, but of course at this point, you know, Darren has won, he should get Lisa, but Drexel being Drexel, ugly son of a bitch, uh, he decides he's going to go back on his word, but that doesn't last very long either. Like you said, Chris, I think a lot of this seemed very rushed. Very rushed. I, and, you know, he lands on one table as he crashes through the skylight. And apparently that has shut down his entire operation. The entire factory is now shut down yeah. because he crashed on one table at the big factory. That was an important table, guys. <sighs> apparently so. Apparently so. So this one, uh, you know, PM Entertainment definitely at its finest here. Uh, number six on our, our, our top ten. A lot of people enjoy this one. Uh, Gary Daniels, more of a sidekick which was, again, I think a surprise, especially if you saw some of Gary Daniels' other PM work later, um, where he was definitely the leading man and the hero. Uh, but your final firepower thoughts, Chad Cruz? Yeah, I mean, it was a fun movie. It's uh, It's got a lot of a lot of negatives in my book. I mean, it, it's totally PM. It's got explosions, cars blowing up, helicopters blowing up, uh, ridiculous shit happening for no reason. Um underground fighting competitions. There's a lot of fun things in it. Um, Gary Daniels has always got just enough charisma. Uh, he doesn't like exude it like, you know, like, uh, like, like Van Damme or some of these guys who made it real big, but uh, I think he's got it just enough. And I, I really wish that the movie, instead of having two guys undercover, had it just one and you could have just had sledge in there. Gary Daniels doing it all. You didn't need the backstory with the family. You didn't need any of that. You could have, why kill the wife? Just have the Lisa girl get abducted. Isn't that enough? Right. But, you know, that's where I'm coming from. I enjoyed the film as a PM movie, but as an actual movie, uh, not great. Well, we, we don't like to talk about actual movies on this podcast <laughs> or on the website, Bulletproof. Sorry, my bad. Because, uh, yeah, if we're, we're going to start playing that, then we probably should probably hate just about every movie that we love. That's true. Um, but uh, we're not going to do that. Chris, what about you? Final thoughts? Uh, this one was always one of my favorites from the era. Uh, you know, there are certainly things that you can nitpick and, and poke fun of, uh, certainly as we get older and look back on films like this. But that's part of the PM Entertainment charm. You know, all of their films are just outlandish in certain ways. Uh, you know, the one thing that I took away from it, even as a youth, was that the usage of The Ultimate Warrior just kind of felt flat because even though he was a different type of character you know they utilized him as the big bad but he just you know the charisma that he had that got him to the top of the wrestling world it just it didn't translate well on screen and that could also be another reason why this was a, a one and done for him so a bit of a letdown by his appearance here but overall it was a, a solid uh, the usual expected pm effort and it's something that Definitely has rewatchability in my collection. It definitely does. And I, for me, it, it kind of has historic significance because I have to say this was the one PM Entertainment movie like I knew about ahead of time, probably because I, I believe that it got some sort of coverage in one of the wrestling magazines. 
where they were like, this is coming out. So I was like actually looking for like, oh, when is this coming out? I need to see this movie with the freaking Ultimate Warrior in it. Absolutely. I mean, again, I've seen other PM movies, but it was one of those things where you just kind of wandered into the video store and there'd be one there and you'd grab it. I had no inside knowledge that this movie was coming out or that movie was coming out. But I knew Firepower was coming out and I had my eyes peeled for it. Um, and yeah, I, Warrior is kind of a disappointment actually in the film though. So that's kind of ironic. If this movie were made today, Chad McQueen and Gary Daniels would have a tag team match at WrestleMania yes. <laughs> uh, and it would be awful. But Well, and that goes back to you know, with Roddy Piper. We talked about him last time. There was actually plans for Roddy Piper and Billy Blanks to do something yeah. uh, in the in the world of professional wrestling, but it never panned out. It's funny as Roddy Piper uh, breaks into the acting world and he's just uh, just overflowing with charisma and charm. And you can say a lot of things about some of his movies, but you can never say that he he was usually the bright spot in those films. Right. Um, and you just don't get that with Warrior in any any scene that he's in. He's he looks out of place. He looks it's odd. I mean, a guy his size with his look is always going to look a little out of place because he looks so freakish. But they don't play that up in a positive way. And it's just weird. Right. They gave him small knee pads too. his tiny little knee pads. Ugh. All right. Couldn't well, stop looking at him. All right. Well, there you have it. Firepower. If you haven't seen it in a while, check it out. If you've never seen it, it's worth checking out, especially if you are a fan of PM entertainment, but let's wrap this show up. And I have a question for you, Mr. DiPetrillo. I listened to the most recent, as we're taping this, Jim Cornette's drive through and the Jim Cornette action figures. Have they arrived yet? Do you know, are they still on, on the slow boat from China? They are still on the slow boat, but they are coming in. We are restocking the two previous versions. And I have seen several prototypes for future versions. And I am still waiting for the confirmation that we will be proceeding with the bloody variant that I pitched. Uh, as I've mentioned before, we're going to, uh, reignite the bloody variant line and we're starting that with new jack but i did make a pitch for mr cornett to have that and he was all ears on the subject so once i have word on that we could be seeing uh, no less than four future jim cornett releases what about my idea did you pitch that to mr cornett the uh, challenger two-pack uh with jim cornett ronnie garvin and a fireball uh i have not pitched that one yet but i did make mention of the addition of ronnie garvin to the legends line down the line and uh, i got the usual feedback that you know because of covid and everything that got delayed we've got to kind of get through everything first but uh, ronnie garvin is on my list for people that we could possibly add to the mm -hmm. legends line the hands of stone rugged ronnie garvin all right. Well, as always, we want you to uh, work, you know, go to figures, toy company, uh, dot com, or is it figures, toy co? Nope. It's figures, toy company.com for the website, uh, wrestling, superstore.com for all the wrestling gear, accessories and action figures and uh, figures, toy co on Twitter, figures, toy company on Instagram and Facebook. And of course, at Zach Malibu on Twitter, if you want That's to reach right. out to uh, Chris directly. Read my tweets, read my reviews, hear me talk, engage with me. We can talk about Alley Cats and Ultimate Warriors yes. and whatever else strikes your Perhaps fancy. your latest Dollar Tree finds as well. Yes, like uh, we were talking off air, the original Christopher Reeve Superman, a, a nice find. A fantastic film. Uh, so you basically found my two favorite movies of all time in your recent Dollar because you had the Death Wish three pack with Death Wish yes, three yes. and then Superman the movie. So. And don't forget, sometime back, I found the standalone Blu-ray of Death Wish okay, 3 as yes. well. Um, plus the Electric Boogaloo documentary. Wow. So a lot of canon love in, in uh, Dollar yeah, I'm Tree glad you brought that up because uh, news broke this week. Uh, in, uh, the uh, Rewind folks, the Go-Go Boys documentary, which was the documentary that Menachem Golan and Yoram Globus did because they did not want to participate in uh, the Electric Boogaloo documentary. So they made their own being... Mm -hmm. you know who they are so yeah the mvd rewind uh collection is going to be putting that out over the summer i believe so and they also have drive coming out a lot of great stuff coming out uh that i think bulletproof action fans are, are going to dig and uh 
Eno Lorber putting out Body Slam this Body summer. Body Slam. Uh, of course, I have the Tigers coming out in May. So a lot of great titles coming out for those physical media collectors out in our audience. Uh, Chad Cruz, why should the people visit BulletproofAction.com? In, in a word, it's amazing. Yes. We cover all things action, um, top to bottom, new movies, old movies, all the movies in between, movies we love, movies we hate, movies that are fit for a queen. <laughs> okay. <laughs> sorry, I had to rhyme that. It felt like it, it felt right. I'm sorry. Fit for a McQueen? Ooh, <laughs> oh, yes. Shit. Very nice. Damn. Good one. I bow to your excellence. But yeah, bulletproofaction.com. I mean, the site's been around for so many years. It's got so much content on there. It's the perfect website to take a dump to. That's what I always say. So when you're when you're that just that was almost there, our tagline. It should be. I'll put it on a t-shirt. <laughs> speaking of t-shirts, ah, speaking of t-shirts, make sure you check out bulletproofaction.com for all your action needs. But do click at the at the border at the top of the page. There is a bulletproof shop. And it is full of wonderful, wonderful t-shirts. They're comfortable. They're well-fitted. And uh, if you've ever wanted to look like uh, Nick Sledge and not Darren, whatever shit stain his name is, Alley Cat. Yeah. If you ever want to look like the Sledgehammer, you would buy this t-shirt. And I mean, all the leases in the world are going to be after you. Yeah. And we are definitely into t-shirt season or we're getting there. Uh, no matter where you live. Uh, Bro, I've been wearing them every day. Well, you're awesome, Chad Cruz. Thank you. Tell about that bulletproof fashion. No doubt. Bulletproof fashion and our resident fashionista, Christy Petrillo. All right. Next time here on the Bulletproof Podcast, we are going to be talking about John Cena in the Marine. And you, John Cena is a good friend of yours, isn't he, uh, Chris? Or at least his, his- He is. Uh, I mean, if you want to get technical, he is my big brother. There you go. So... You know, we'll be talking about basically one of the extended family uh, of Bulletproof Action uh, next time out on the Bulletproof Podcast. But uh, I want to thank both of you gentlemen for this stimulating conversation about Firepower, PM Entertainment Classic. So for Chad Cruz and Chris Petrillo, I am Chris the Brain. Thank you for listening. And as always, stay tuned for more of the Bulletproof Podcast. listening to the Geekscape Network.